Hello, this is Martin Willis, your host, and I am excited to bring on tonight on the premiere of season four, Brandon Fugel from the Secret of Skinwalker Ranch History Channel. Uh, I'm lucky enough uh, to do what I do and to be uh, able to get the screener. So I was able to watch uh, episode one, which premieres tonight at 9, uh, 10 Central on History Channel. And uh, again, I'm really excited to have uh, Brandon Fugel on, and I'm going to play the trailer for the show uh, coming up. The closer that we are getting to the answers, the more covert military activity continues. What is the military doing flying over Skinwalker Ranch? Someone's taking an interest in what we're doing. Somebody's up on the ridge. Right there. This is the largest scale experiment that we've ever done here so far. Fire! There's something in the sky. The Secret of Skinwalker Ranch. New season, Tuesday, April 18th at 10 on the History Channel. I think I said the times when it started backwards, but <laughs> you'll figure it out, right? Brandon, welcome to the show again. Yeah, it's good to be with you. And uh, thank you for following our journey. Tonight is uh, is the epic launch of our season four, uh, which which is the the documentary effort following our real life investigation out at Skinwalker yeah. Ranch. That's right. And, you know, not a lot of shows like this make it four seasons. And so that's how popular this is. Uh, you know, people I know that are not interested in UFOs or I didn't even know they were interested in any type of paranormal type of situations. Love that show. Well, we we keep this grounded. You know, I, I acquired Skinwalker Ranch back in 2016 as a skeptic. I never intended to reveal my identity as the owner. And, you know, after years of persistence uh, and, and over a year from the History Channel and their producers, I finally agreed to at least take a meeting under confidentiality and and uh, was ultimately convinced to open the gates and allow some of the finest docu documentary film uh, professionals on the planet at, inside our investigation, which which is year round and has continued for now seven years, documenting the reality of the phenomena at Skinwalker Ranch. Yeah, no regrets, I bet. Uh, it's been it's been an interesting learning experience. Um, <laughs> uh, quite a roller coaster, quite a departure from what I what I am involved in all day, every day, which is commercial real estate and various entrepreneurial pursuits. Uh, you know, the investigation at Skinwalker Ranch has uh, has is proven to be uh, not only uh, quite mysterious as far as uh, what we've been able to document, but uh, has has really pulled together my team in a way that I would have I would have never ever anticipated. It it really is a historic moment uh, to to be able to present these things to the general public and allow them kind of a seat uh, as we as we conduct, I think, some of the most aggressive research and scientific investigation uh, relative to these frontier topics. Well, I hope you haven't lost out on any deals concentrating on this. Any no. Deals. Uh, yeah. No, you I'm still working. have other people covering when you're gone, that type of situation. Oh, yeah. Well, still working typical, typically 16 to 18 hour days focused on <laughs> selling and leasing office office buildings office parks and uh 
and take time only when necessary to be briefed on the uh, the activities out at this uh, this 512 acre piece of property that has become the center of more UFO sightings, you know, bizarre cattle mutilations in the past and other strange phenomena. Now, when the the adjoining the abutters are any of the abutters that of the property there, um, you know, trying to also capitalize in some type of, I'm not saying that that's what you're doing, but are they trying to capitalize on the, what you're doing on the, on the Skinwalker? Range? Sure. We've seen some of that. We've seen some people, some, some efforts to try to exploit uh, what we are, what we are doing, but we, we stay focused on our effort and try not to be distracted by, by anything on the, on the periphery or, or that which would, would try to, try to sensationalize it. I mean, what we're doing as sensational as it is, it's, it's really grounded in, in real events and real research that my team has been conducting for years. Uh, and so I, we're, we, we continue to be laser focused in spite of some of the distractions that pop up once in a while. Now, uh, George Knapp's book, Hunt for the Skinwalker, uh, the pseudonym Gorman, uh, was given for Terry Sherman. And I'm wondering, uh, this is a question from a listener of the show. He's wondered if you have ever spoken with Terry. No, we've, we've had communications through intermediaries with uh, Gwen Sherman, with Terry's wife, but the Sherman family has, uh, has asked to be left alone, uh, mm-hmm. that people mm-hmm. respect their privacy. Mm-hmm. And I have, uh, I've done so. I've, I've tried to respect their privacy and, uh, appreciate that they had enough courage, you know, decades ago to come forward with the reality of what they were experiencing that ultimately led to their sale of the property to Robert Bigelow, uh, Bigelow Aerospace. Right. And how difficult would you say it is these days to keep people away from the gate? I mean, oh, it, <laughs> it, it's always a challenge, even with our surveillance platforms. I mean, we have nearly 50 cameras uh, and, and, you know, we have a whole gated entrance guard shack, you know, armed security. <laughs> there, there is a lot of excitement and yeah. fascination. And I don't blame people for being intrigued, interested, but th- there is danger. We, we keep our security protocols in place and, and frankly do not allow the public inside or any public tours of any type simply because there, you know, there have been events that have uh, sent people to the hospital with strange illnesses and mm. injuries. And, right. and we are also conducting a very sensitive scientific investigation, introducing anything outside into that environment um, always poses a risk of, uh, of disrupting something that may be you know, ongoing with an experiment or a specific research activity. So, uh, I think it's important for people to realize this is a this is an active living laboratory. This property has been locked down for 27 years and secure mm-hmm. has been the subject of, of, of investigation and focus uh, during that period of time. And we we've also we've we've obviously escalated the the research, the level of sophistication and and I've invested in the 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 scientific platforms that uh, that you see on the series 
uh, that we are deploying in service to documenting the the phenomena and what we're experiencing. Uh, what was that? I, I was trying to remember uh, watching the screen or watching the first episode. Is it 1.6 gigahertz or something? The yeah, the frequency there's a, that yeah, yeah, there's a signal that seems to attend many of the events that occur, um, and and that's part of what we continue to investigate and explore. Uh, you know what is what is very interesting about the events at Skinwalker Ranch is a lot of, a lot of times they're, they're correlating events. You, you have electromagnetic anomalies coupled with uh, multiple witness, eyewitness uh, testimony, videographic, photographic evidence coupled with the times uh, acute medical episodes, or at least people feeling, you know, something or experiencing something physically. When you have all of those things happening, simultaneously and being documented, it, it, it presents a very compelling data set hmm. uh, relative to, to the phenomenon on these topics and, and really the, the, uh, the nature of what we are dealing with at Skinwalker Ranch. Now, you were involved quite a bit in episode one. Do you plan on, or you've probably already filmed, or I don't know if it's in the can already or you're filming, but do you plan on, or are you in a lot of this uh, season? Uh, yeah, periodically as needed. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll come out and 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 be briefed on uh, some of the experiments, even participate as uh, as appropriate and as I'm available uh, mm-hmm. in in some of the research activities and the experiments. But I, I really do leave it to the team and the third party credentialed experts that we bring on site mm-hmm. to. Uh, to really advance the investigation and, in, in essence, return and report. I mean, I, I'm the steward, the owner of the property, but I, I'm 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 only as good as my team, and I'm very fortunate to be uh, surrounded by a, a multidisciplinary group of people that are are really helping to advance this. I mean, several of the the individuals involved, which were handpicked, selected by myself, I've had you know I've had relationships with for decades. I've I've worked with for a long time, even my principal investigator and chief scientist, Eric Bard, I've worked yeah. with for going on 13 years relative to to various endeavors. I mean, this is, of course, the most unusual. Uh, most of his background was involved with plasma physics and uh, and, you know, optical physics. But uh, he uh, he's he's been a remarkable uh, resource and, and frankly, a a, uh, an incredible uh, leader when it comes to establishing the right tone and the right type of uh, uh, scientific platforms and protocols that we have in place and have had in place for a long time, long before any docu-series effort, uh, which of course went public in 2020. We, we, were, we were taking data and uh, developing a, a, a very compelling uh, data set uh, in order to better understand the nature of what we are dealing with. Now, are you responsible for that helicopter? Yeah, <laughs> you are. Oh my goodness! The, the Black Hawk. So the Black Hawk helicopter that obviously has been shown in the previews. Absolutely not. I you know, that that ended up appearing, and you'll you'll see this as the as the series progresses. Uh, but we we've been under some really. Um, concerning surveillance. I mean, we've had 
a covert military presence that has uh, that has ended up just with, without any warning showing up in tandem with the experimental activities that we are conducting out there. Uh, my helicopter, which is an Airbus H-130, I, I think it's the most advanced civilian helicopter in the state, is, is of course, deployed in service to, to some of the experimental activity and the research that we are conducting, which, which I don't take lightly. I mean, we're putting not only a, a very expensive piece of equipment at risk, but more importantly, we're putting my brother, who is a full-time pilot with over 9,000 oh, right. hours, who is fully rated jet, yeah and helicopter pilot wow. uh, in, in a position of, uh, of, of, I think, trying to navigate his way through some of these experiments that, uh, yeah. that, that can be, can, can be quite, uh, quite intense. I know we can't give away too much, but there is some scenes in episode one in the helicopter that are pretty amazing. You know, my son uh, watched the screener uh, with me and my producer the other night and my son is basically a skeptic. Um, he thinks a little more about UFOs since I've showed him some really compelling cases. Um, but still, he's more or less a skeptic. And he's sitting there going, wow, whoa, like that. You know, when we watched uh, episode one, there was a lot of things that and he thought it was uh, a great show. Well, and, but let yeah. him know I was a skeptic, too. I, yeah. I uh, when I acquired the ranch, I acquired the ranch as a as a healthy skeptic, but someone who had never seen a UFO or a ghost or an orb or, you know, anything like that. And, uh, and I believed that there was a natural explanation for the phenomena, for the, 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 uh, events reported, you know, and I was very surprised to find in time that there, there was absolute validity to much of what, what was, uh, what was reported. And even though, we're, we are dealing with an inherited narrative. Uh, mm -hmm. We we are trying always to be led by the data, and and we allow our research, our investigation, to be led by the data, uh, as opposed to uh, just a bunch of spooky stories or anecdotal accounts. Uh, as mm -hmm. much as those are part of the the historical record and may be important, uh, we're trying to be disciplined in the way we are going about this. But it is crazy. Uh, the ranch yeah. is something that uh, I think catches everyone off guard. Um, anyone who's come out there for any extended period of time ends up uh, experiencing something, whether it be completely unexplained uh, equipment malfunctions, uh, electromagnetic anomalies, or seeing literally UFO or UAP uh, in the sky above the property. And these aren't satellites. It's not people getting out yeah. you know, night vision. Uh, and 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 mistaking something for this, you know, Starlink. I mean, these are very real events that attend some of our research and experimental activities that that are very difficult to account for or even explain. You know, the, a, a lot of times it seems like some of the hot spots for, say, UFOs. I'm talking mostly, but a lot of times. There's, you know, there's like uh, copper deposits and, you know, certain different things geographically in, in areas. And what would you, uh, you know, this may be a question for one of the scientists there, but what would, is there anything unique about the property as far as metals, metals deposits or anything like that that you're Good question. Of? Good question. One of the things that I obtained early on 
the very beginning when I acquired the property was a soil study relative mm. to the property. It was uh, it was very comprehensive. Nothing unusual noted in that mm-hmm. soil study. As as things have happened and as as, as we have documented uh, our efforts, we've brought uh, environmental consultants. I mean, Qualtech, uh, Semper Environmental, uh, Guideline Geo. I mean, a number of very credentialed third party expert firms to test the environment, to test the soil uh, and, and test the, uh, the ranch to see if there is a natural explanation. Is there, is there some type of radioactive material stored on the property or something that, is, that you can assign cause to? And the, the, the disturbing thing is that in every case, they found that whatever is creating this is, is transient. It's hmm. uh, transient in nature. And, uh, yeah, uh, with with one exception, and that is as as we have delved into the mesa and explored the mm-hmm. uh, the earth there yeah. to 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 see if there is anything unusual, we have we've had surprising results. Uh, anyone who has been following our journey knows that we pulled out of the mesa. I mean, four hundred feet into the depths of this mesa plateau, we pulled out. Uh, metallic uh, objects. I mean, that, that according to experts is not naturally occurring uh, Hmm. as far as its composition. Uh, That has been very, very intriguing. And the events that have occurred in tandem with that digging activity. I mean, we're talking about just crazy equipment malfunctions and failures. And even one of our team ended up having a, a cardiac uh, arrest had it had had an incident, a health incident that occurred simultaneous with some of our most aggressive digging activity, and had to be run to the emergency room. Uh, there's something going on. There is some something I think that uh, that lies beneath this property as well as above the property that that defies any any conventional explanation, uh, and we're we're trying to get to the bottom of it. Right. Going back to, you mentioned Bigelow um, earlier, who you, whom you bought the ranch from. Um, so he was involved, basically, it was sort of a government situation. The Pentagon was involved. Am I getting this right with funding, at least for research there? Yeah, the, the uh, ranch... So- yeah, the the ranch was was at the center of a Pentagon funded black budget program between 2008 and I believe 2013 when that concluded and was terminated. Uh, Mr. Bigelow has has remained uh, fairly tight lipped relative to you know what was documented uh, that that is either confidential or classified. Uh, when I acquired the ranch, I acquired it with no data, with with nothing turned over, and really started with a clean slate. And frankly, I'm thankful for that. I believe that starting, you know, with a with a, with a clean baseline and a, a new team uh, that was skeptical. I mean, my my principal investigator, my chief scientist, came on the property as a as an absolute skeptic, a critic. He believed that there was uh, a natural explanation and was determined to. Uh, to prove that there was some type of any luminous phenomena was was naturally caused, and that that maybe the geology itself somehow 
uh, was involved with creating some of the events and even hallucinations that mm. uh, that that people were were claiming could be could be involved. And what we found is that it, that really isn't the case. I would love to have some type of mundane natural explanation, uh, but what we've witnessed is anything but. Right. Uh, don't you think it's rather odd that the government had an involvement at one time and now they're surveilling, you know, do you think they're just curious what's ongoing? Well, and these are unmarked helicopters hmm. that are not transponding. So not transponding. Yeah. Wow. So we, wow. We, and, and you've seen this in the past in some cases, but I don't want to, I've got to be very careful uh, because all, all will be revealed, but uh, I'm telling you, it is, it's, it is very mysterious and suspicious, and and it's concerning the timing associated with the surveillance activity, and the fact that it corresponds with some of the most dramatic events that have occurred. Uh, mm-hmm. It's it's quite sobering. I mean, and, and I think it, at times my team has felt like they've been placed in harm's way. Huh. Wow. Uh, here's a question from the chat room from Stephen. Why would Bigelow sell a magic ranch? <laughs> <laughs> well, at the time I was, I was, I was under the, the assumption that he was t- too busy, had grown very, very much um, involved with his aerospace endeavors, you know, really positioning to be the real estate developer of space. He'd bought the, the space habitats program from NASA, the inflatables, Yes. program and I think he was he was working very aggressively to to deploy that and mm-hmm. uh, work with NASA and o- other enterprises like SpaceX to uh, to advance those endeavors but I, I think as time has gone by it, it has been revealed that Mr. Bigelow had some negative experiences or at least attributed some of the negative experiences that he had to his ownership of the ranch. And I think that was that was a motivation for ultimately selling it to me was to to not only pass the stewardship, but to get rid of the hot potato to 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 rid himself of, uh, you know, some of the negative aspects uh, that he encountered associated with his ownership. And are you feeling any of those? No, Mm -hmm. that's no, I've been fortunate. I uh, I have not had poltergeist phenomena, the hitchhiker effect, or anything like that follow mm. me home personally. I've been I've been very fortunate, uh, but I I have not experienced that. I I've witnessed uh, just extraordinary things on the property, but I have not had anything follow me home. Have you ever been like actually scared? Yes. Mm-hmm. There have been a number of times where I was overcome with absolute terror mm. uh, on the property. Uh, and these were not just at night during nighttime events. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, some of the most uh, compelling incidents have occurred in broad daylight. And wow. And at the, at the most unexpected times. Uh, so yes, honestly, I have. I, I've experienced fear, terror 
unlike anything mm. else in my life. Mm. Wow. Prior to the ranch while I've been out there. Well, on a dare, I would not sleep overnight under the stars there. <laughs> There's no way I would. Yeah. I mean, I'd be absolutely petrified too, but. Well, I don't know. I, I have to also say I, I went six months, the first six months of my ownership. I didn't, I didn't experience anything unusual yeah. or negative. And I was going out there regularly for briefings and to, to check on what was happening with the ranch and, uh, and, and I, I, I found it to be a very peaceful, strikingly beautiful mm. landscape and place. But it was only after a six, you know, six month period that, uh, that I ended up having my own uh, undeniable experience with witnesses at my side and that was game changing for me. So I tell people all the time, I even told the History Channel when we commenced, uh, uh, you know, really filming the docu-series that they could very well come out and film for three to four months and not get anything unusual. Mm -hmm. uh, this is totally unpredictable. And, and historically it's had that situation happen. Yeah. Uh, really for has. long stretches. And what, if you don't mind, what was that experience? Uh, it, it was a uh, UFO sighting in broad daylight, October 14th of 2016 at four o'clock in the afternoon. I was, uh, I was hosting a dignitary that had two security uh, people with him to, to, uh, to watch after him. And both of those individuals professed their skepticism as I did early in the day. And we found ourselves in late afternoon witnessing all simultaneously what can only be described as a, a UFO, a, a craft, 40 to 50 foot long silver grayish disc-like object that was hovering right above the mesa in front of us hmm. and maneuvered with split second speed and uh, and within about 20 seconds after darting about and uh, and just leaving us shocked, it was gone. The whole event lasted about 20 seconds and then it was over. But it it changed me from a healthy skeptic to not just a believer, but an experiencer. Yeah. And uh, from that point forward, I I was determined to invest the resources uh, into really understanding the nature of what is happening on this uh, this mysterious piece of property, this 512 acres. It is out in the middle of nowhere, out in the middle of the Uinta Basin, surrounded by tribal property. If you were to, I mean, it's only a speculative question, but why do you think this place is the way it is? Uh, we don't know. That's one thing that we're trying to get to the bottom of is, uh, is really why this place and why is Skinwalker Ranch experiencing this activity? Uh, is it the geology? I mean, it is right in the dead center of the Uinta Basin, which is a big bowl, which is, is truly a, a basin-like formation out there. Uh, you know, that may that may have something to do with it. And that's something that we discuss um, in our research and even on the series, but uh, we're not quite sure that it may, it may have something to do with uh, uh, what is buried in the Mesa. Uh, we believe that there may be something uh, 
unusual on the property that is a contributing factor that is that is you know part of the the catalyst if you will uh i mean we've we've had scientists that have speculated that there are portals on the property mm-hmm, right. uh, we've had i mean gps malfunctions uh all sorts of as i've mentioned electromagnetic anomalies that defy any explanation to date and even, I mean, we have compasses that just without without warning will start spinning, uh, and 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 these are analog devices that uh, that malfunction as well as Samsung Galaxy and iPhone devices that simultaneously end up uh, malfunctioning and 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 wigging out, uh, all captured on camera, and and uh, yeah, there is something definitely going on that is very very unusual. And there's other, you know, there's other places, but, you know, I would say the most talked about for many uh, years, well, that that I've been looking into this topic has been the Skinwalker Ranch. There are some people that say, well, that's a Skinwalker Ranch of, you know, uh, Georgia or, you know, I mean, they'll they'll, they'll have uh, areas where all these odd, you know, things seem to happen, which is uh, which is really sure. incredible you know, uh, quite amazing and, you know, hard to figure. Um, the Shermans, before, you know, they bought that ranch. Are you aware, I don't remember reading in George Knapp's book, of the previous owners, you know, reporting any type of situation? I wonder if anyone tried to look them up and interview them. Sure. Well, the Myers, Kenneth and Edith Myers, who owned the ranch for decades before selling it uh, before their, 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 it was really their, their brother-in-law that ended up selling the property ultimately after they died, after they'd passed to the Shermans. But the Myers, uh, Kenneth Myers had incidents occur that mm-hmm. were documented at least, I mean, and reported on really by, uh, you know, we had deputy sheriff Chris Porritt, who, uh, who who has appeared on the docu-series and for the first time went public with the fact that back in the 80s, he was responding to incidents and in his capacity as deputy sheriff. Uh, incidents of everything from bizarre cattle mutilations that were occurring on the property to uh, UFO activity and other strangeness mm. uh, that was occurring uh, with, with, with respect to the cattle and and the environment. And, and we've had other independent, credible witnesses step forward with their own testimony over the course of the last few years that uh, that have gone on record with, with the fact that this didn't start with the Shermans or Bigelow. This is, this is something that has been going on for a very long time, for decades, if not millennia, mm-hmm. before, uh, before the present ownership, or at least the, you know, the, the recent decades. So it's, it's something that has been occurring for some time and, uh, and, and we are trying to get to the bottom of it. Now, when you meant, as soon as you mentioned the name Myers, now I'm thinking that it might've been in George Knapp's book because I, I remember that name now, or, or either that, or we talked about it before. I, I I'm yeah. not really sure, but here's a, a question from the chat. What would you, Oh, what would be your most incredible piece of data evidence for uh, your team has collected at the ranch, in your opinion? Great, great question, Brett. It, there's a whole constellation of, of evidence and activities that have occurred that uh, constitute, I think, some of the best evidence. 
Um, we had a, you know, one of the, the most compelling incidents and, uh, and it, it had, we have the data from that incident was the experiment involving the astronomers. We had a group of uh, astronomers that came out to the ranch with their, their equipment and uh, they, their equipment, which was a closed system, ended up being manipulated in, in tandem with that experimental activity. And they all witnessed uh, a UFO. They ended up witnessing right above the triangle and where they were trying to, to really point their instruments with, with a lot of difficulty because of the malfunctions, uh, a, a UFO. And uh, so again, you have electromagnetic anomalies, equipment malfunction, UFOs appearing that do not match up with anything as far as the the satellites or or any air traffic that is uh, that is being monitored in the basin, and then you have you know witnesses along with the the video evidence of, of those events, um, and and you also have you know things showing up with our spectrum analyzers as well. All of that combined data, which you know with each incident involves terabytes of mm. data uh, constitutes some of the, the best evidence uh, that, that we've, we've actually collected out of the property. We, you know, we've, we're about ready to, I think, unveil uh, some of the, the most compelling evidence in the weeks ahead. And that's why we, we've been so excited to, uh, to unveil season four. And this isn't meant to be a tease. It's, this is, I mean, I'm, I'm an excited steward and participant. Um, what we are going to be presenting to the public is uh, is I think some of the the most compelling documentary evidence of the the reality of the phenomena, and and the fact that we may not be alone in the universe, or at least that there are our reality is much more complex than mm. it might seem. Right, right. And do you think that um, since the last few years that the UFO topic is less taboo? Do you think that's actually helping? with your work in some way? Sure, when, when you have decorated fighter pilots, radar technicians, hmm. law enforcement, all bravely now coming forward with their own firsthand accounts, hmm. uh, it's, I think it is, it is opening the doors and at least uh, making these topics uh, much more credible to approach and discuss. Uh, I think there was a giggle factor associated with these topics that had been programmed into the public consciousness for decades, a very active disinformation campaign. I think we still see that to a degree with some of our media and some of the, the so-called skeptics out there. Uh, but it doesn't change the fact that it, it's real. It is happening. We have objects of unknown or, origin that are violating our, our airspace indiscriminately that are, that are operating using uh, – at least some type of advanced physics or propulsion. And yeah. And I think the, you know, we are witnessing a, uh, an incredible time of discovery. I mean, this is frontier science at its best. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I'm thankful that we're, we're a part of hopefully cracking the door open uh, to, to really bringing the reality of some of these, these topics and incidents forward. Speaking of cracking the door open, Travis Taylor, Dr. Travis Taylor, uh, he reveals on episode one, this public knowledge that he's now 
then chosen as chief science uh, chief scientist for the uh, Pentagon's UAP task force. That right. was pretty exciting for you to reveal right off the bat. Well, yeah, I mean, it, and it was shocking. I mean, to to learn that the the consulting physicist that had been brought in was had been acting for several years as the chief scientist for the Pentagon's UAP task force and that he'd been doing so, you know, really bound by national security oaths and, and, and not able to, to tell us it, it was, it was aggravating to members of my team. There were, there were several of my team that, uh, that were angry with Dr. Taylor to be candid. They felt betrayed. They felt like he should have, he should have been more forthcoming that he should have revealed that to us. But Dr. Taylor was very quick to, to point out that he was, he was bound by certain confidentiality agreements in his role and, and was not in a position to, to breach that. And I, well, of course, I mean, I have to respect that. I mean, yeah. when it comes down to it, I, I have to respect that he was willing to keep those confidences and, that he really did take his role seriously. This wasn't just some LARP. This yeah. wasn't some live action role-playing baloney. You know, Dr. Taylor was was taking not only that, that, that responsibility seriously, but he was continuing to act in his role as a as a physicist and as as a part of our team, our expanded team. So I it it, it was it was something we had to work through as a team, to be honest with you. Yeah. It was not met with a lot of enthusiasm. I will tell you, uh, there was a lot of hesitation and there were some, there were, there were some hard feelings. I mean, it, Dragon in particular was pissed off. Yeah. Felt, uh, felt <laughs> well, he like, likes being pissed off. Right? Well, yeah. I mean, he, <laughs> yeah, he felt, Sorry he felt that, like brother. that, that was something that should have been disclosed, but it, th- there have been all sorts of revelations. And I think that's what you're going to see with this season four that starts airing tonight is you're going to see revelations, the 14 episodes that we'll be unveiling in the weeks ahead um, are revelatory. And, and I think it's, it's a part of the journey. We're, it's a learning process as well. There is a lot that we are learning. I mean, there are dead ends, there are experiments and activities that, that, you know, are, you know, that, that don't bear fruit and that's okay. Yeah. Um, I, it's it's all part of the learning process and it's it's part of science discovery well it's like a fishing expedition you know you you don't know what's going to happen and something that's non-repeatable you know you just or you try to make it repeatable but you know like again we were talking about 1.6 gigahertz or i believe that's what it was um that was something that you use to try to agitate or whatever you were trying to do to try to make something uh, occur, which uh, I don't want to give too much away, but it's it's very interesting. Yeah, well, I, one thing that really I think sets our our effort apart is we are really not led by a narrative. We are not led by an inherited narrative. We are led by the data. We are a data driven team, and and those findings uh, are 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 continuing to drive the next steps that we are taking. And you'll see that I think manifest in in the docu series. You're going to see that in our interaction. That's one thing we've tried to be. I, I've tried to be painfully transparent 
to a fault to the point where I'm taken advantage of my own transparency and honesty and genuine nature ends up being taken advantage of by people at times that have ulterior motives and, uh, and it, it is what it is, but I, I, uh, I am trying to endeavor to, to allow the public uh, a, uh, a peek into what is happening. And, and I'm, I'm someone who considers himself a steward. I believe that these things should be shared with the public. I, I'm not profiting personally off of this. I haven't taken one penny personally. I mean, this is, this is truly a labor of love and it's, it's something that drives me. I mean, I'm trying to get the answers more than anyone and share those answers and those findings with everyone as part of this collaborative effort. And I, I hope people um, are, are hopefully as, as excited as I am to see uh, these topics explored for the first time in this way. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's going to, it's going to be, I think it's going to be your best season the way it kicked off. It just seems like it will be. Uh, here's a, a question from uh, Gan Dolph. <laughs> and uh, Brandon, thank you for your yeah. fresh approach to this Roger, this ranch project. Have you been able to get any answers from military confirming that it's their Black Hawk helicopters you have observed? Uh, I, I'm probably going to say no comment uh, other than uh, we're, we're a bit frustrated, but uh, I, I'll, 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 that's a very, very good question. And I wish I had the answers. That's mm. part of the mystery. Yeah. I think we were talking about this earlier, more or less, you know, uh, Mary Grace is uh Asking, could the unusual metals materials have been left from an asteroid crash from long ago? That's a great could, question. Actually. Could, although the experts that have analyzed the material have said that it's not naturally occurring. Hmm. That the, way, the way this material is fused together uh, appears to be manufactured. And to explain why you know, a, a manufactured material of, of this composition would be buried over 400 feet down into the, the depths of the Mesa, I, it's, it is really intriguing. It's something that we are trying to, uh, to get the answers to, and you'll see a lot of our efforts unfold. We're excited to, to have everyone along for the, uh, for the journey. Now uh, this, uh, you know, I didn't catch all of the series last year, but I saw that you had some people, they were out uh, out interviewing people around the ranch. Is that, is that what was going on? Uh, they were briefly on. Is that, is that something new this year? Are you, what was that again? There was a, there was a, a, a woman and a man that were going to interview people uh, in your briefing at the beginning. Oh, well, we, we have, we have a, you know, our, my ranch caretakers, Candace Lindy and Tom Lewis are actively engaged as well as Jim Morse, who has been kind of my, my community liaison since day one, since the day I acquired this property. Candace Lindy, I think is important to note, is a published anthropologist. She's wow. actually published a book on anthropology that has been used as a textbook. She's been uh, all over the world with archaeological digs and research studies and 
she uh, she's helped lead the effort to pull together the uh, the history of the area and some of the the um, historical record, uh, as well as engaging with the community. I mean, Jim Morse has been such a uh, such an incredible uh, liaison and advocate with the community. He has a special love for the Native American people and has established, I think, some really special relationships with tribal elders, the spiritual leaders, and and our neighbors. We want to be good neighbors. We want to always be respectful of yes. the the cultural heritage and the the history of the area and and I think the the special history that attends the uh, the culture that we are we're fortunate to be uh, involved with. Now, skin, you're talking about the Native American. Uh, Native American culture in that area. And that's basically what a skinwalker, the description of a skinwalker is a Native American term. Sure. It's it's from Native American legend. The skinwalker is a shape-shifting demonic entity, uh, essentially a, a Native American witch or warlock that in essence sells its soul in exchange for the ability to, to take on the skin of uh have various uh, animal forms uh, and 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 have immortality. It's it's it, for lack of a better description, I would say it's it's like a Native American. Uh, it's the Native American version of a werewolf, to a degree. But it's something that they take mm-hmm. very seriously. Uh, and the 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 ridge, the Mesa Plateau that runs the expanse of the property from east and west. Uh, we were told was cursed, was was cursed to be in the path of the skinwalker uh, many generations ago and is part of the the local lore and uh, and really the historical narrative that attends this property. Uh, it's it's an intriguing aspect of the uh, the history of this property that that I think we we have barely scratched the surface of. I mean, we've it's difficult to address some of those topics as I'd mentioned we try not to be led by a by a narrative by an inherited narrative we're, we're being led by the data and being data driven and trying to use scientific instrumentation to measure to document that which we're interacting with it's a little bit more elusive when you're dealing with uh, some of this the other phenomena uh, that, uh, mm. that many people consider to be more of a spiritual nature who, do, do you know who was the first to name that Skinwalker Ranch? Yeah, it, it was Bigelow's team. So ah, they, mm-hmm. it, it was the nickname given by Bigelow's team back in the 90s hmm. uh, after serving on the property, living on the property. I, you know, they started referring to it as Skinwalker Ranch as opposed to the Utah Ranch or the Sherman Ranch. Mm-hmm. And it stuck and it you know, they felt like the, the history and the Native American influence and the the curse that uh, that attended this property was uh, was an was an element that they they felt was important and and was part of part of the overall investigation at the time. I'm sure that's a trademark name, but it's a it's a yeah. great it's a great name, actually. Yeah, it's it's uh, yeah, it's 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 an interesting part of the history. 
Well, bring on more questions. Anyone? Yeah, here's coming right now. John uh, Burbage wants to know, any thoughts on the 1700s Spanish missionary seeing the fiery orange sphere in the ranch? I've- yeah, you know, I've heard I've heard of these accounts. I'm trying to, to verify to, to see if there's more credible documentation that would back that up. Again, uh, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of history that has been passed down uh, generations on this property. I mean, even the old homesteaders, uh, their family histories speak of strange phenomena that occurred on this property. And and I think going back to you know the, the Spanish missionaries and some of the early exploration in the basin, I, you know, there have been reports for a very long time. I'm, um, I'm, yeah. I'm trying to get to the bottom of it. Right. Now, I know back when um, the, jeez, uh, I've just lost their name, uh, they, the Gormans, but it wasn't the Gormans. The they, Shermans? The Shermans were there. They yeah. had seen those, the strange wolf that, I remember the oversized wolf that came and I, I believe attacked the dog or something. I can't remember exactly, sure. but they shot it and then they saw like the footprints disappeared and there was no blood. Yeah. Uh there are all sorts of accounts. Crazy stuff. Now, I want to know, has anyone, since you've owned the ranch, seen any strange animals there? You know, I, I'd mentioned my my liaison, community liaison, Jim Morse, who is, uh, you know, former military police, uh, a very sober individual. Jim, Jim with another at his, a witness at his side, he had an experience where he saw, you know, and a figure with red glowing eyes, this uh, uh-huh. creature that was standing up on two legs that, that, that sat, stared at him from a distance and then proceeded to disappear up either up or into the Mesa. And, and I've never, I've known Jim uh, since I was 18 years old. Uh-huh. I met Jim back in 1991. He was developing an office park called the towers of Southtown He's been involved with a lot of endeavors. He's raised millions of dollars for Native American charities over decades with American Indian Services. He's uh, he's a remarkable individual, and I've never, never seen him exaggerate. I've never seen him make anything up like this. I mean, I he he, uh, he was shaken. He was visibly mm. shaken when uh, when coming back and telling this, you know, giving his account. And yeah. telling everyone what what he and the individual that was with him witnessed, and uh, and so I I have to I I mean that's part of the record, you know that's mm-hmm. a data point. Uh, have I seen anything like that? No. Uh, most of our team they have, you know, they have yet to experience or or witness anything uh, of that nature. It doesn't mean that it isn't real. It just means that um, I I don't think I have enough. Um, I don't think I have enough data to really make a definitive statement. Like I, I can make, I can make definitive statements relative to UFOs that mm. have been witnessed because I've seen it for myself with my own eyes, with multiple witnesses occurring right. simultaneous with, with, with other phenomena. But uh, yeah. Yeah. Some of these other topics are a bit, a bit more elusive and yeah. frankly controversial. Right. For good uh, reason. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Uh, the red eye thing has been mentioned a number of times, Mothman. And, you know, I mean, people have seen these tall figures with red eyes, which is bizarre. 
Uh, here's a uh, question from uh, someone here. Is there anything about the ranch that you cannot speak about? Now, I don't know if that no. will just lead people, people to speculate. <laughs> Not really. To, to Other than that which we are going to reveal over the next few months in the yeah. docu-series effort, um, there isn't anything that I'm not willing to talk about or can't talk about. I mean, it, this is a private, an entirely privately funded endeavor. You know, I'm not under any national security oaths. I've, you know, I, I hold no security clearances. I'm not involved with, with any other entity relative to the ranch. I mean, I, this is my privately funded investigation that I happen to be making public. I'm allowing cameras and documentary professionals to, uh, to come in and, and, and help build a, a record of what is really occurring on this property with my team and present it to the public. And I'm, I'm excited by that. And I, I don't intend to withhold anything. So mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, I don't own, I don't have a corner on the truth. And yeah. uh, I, I certainly, uh, I, again, consider myself a steward. I think it's my responsibility to bring these things forward as, uh, as they manifest and as we, we parse the data and have, have what I believe to be you know, events of merit that occur. Here we go with another question here. Uh, let's see. Do you think that anything may be pub publishable in a scientific journal at some point? Yeah, it, I think at some point we, we'll publish. We're still, we're still gathering data. We're still repeating experiments. Uh, we're still trying to develop enough of a, of a record uh, and enough of a, a data set to actually uh, present a meaningful research paper for peer review on uh, on a number of these topics and events and incidents that have occurred. Uh, and so it's, it's something we intend to do in time. Is it is that my priority? No. I mean, this is my investigation. I'm not doing, I mean, I, I'm doing this for me. I'm not trying to convince anyone as much as I'm excited about it. And I'm excited to share the results, the findings, uh, not to, I, I hope this doesn't sound bad, but I'm, I mean, this is for me. <laughs> I'm trying, I'm trying to get to the bottom of it. I'm trying to understand the nature of what is happening. And I'm, and I happen to, to be open to allowing the public to, to have a, a front row seat and to, to accompany the, uh, the team on this journey. So I, that's a long-winded answer, but yeah, that's my intention. Is that my, is that the driving goal? I mean, at the appropriate time, yes. But you know, we're still in the middle middle of repeating experiments and gathering, gathering as much data and intelligence as we can. Mm -hmm. Well, I think you're doing a great job. Uh, it's been, uh, it's been a really fun evening speaking to you tonight, and the show goes live. Uh, in just about an hour, I believe. No, at 10 o'clock. Do I have that? Yes, about an hour right now. <laughs> 10, 9 central time. Coming right up. And I do have the graphic here. I'm just going to pop that up for a second. Well, and I, I, in parting, I just want to thank you, Martin. And I want to thank everyone else. Thank you for following our journey and for your sincere interest in these topics. I promise I'm not going to let you down. We, we, uh, we, we want to get to the bottom of the truth and we're going to present it as it unfolds. So again, I, I just wanted those to be kind of my closing.
comments and and just want to thank everyone, especially those people who are kind, that are sincere seekers. And guess what? It's okay to be skeptical, to be critical. Um, I was there once as well, but I, I think I, I think we'll all hopefully benefit from uh, from what will unfold here and be uh, discovered. So, thank you so much, Martin. All right, thank you. Now and take care. Take care. All right. All right, everyone. So we'll be back next week with Dan Hare. And I want to thank you all for watching our show tonight. And remember, we'll see you next week and keep your eyes to the sky.